Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Servants of Grace theology segment. On today's episode, one of our listeners writes in, they have a great question. What is the story of Job? The question Job faces is this. Will Job serve the Lord for nothing when, he come, when evil comes from him? But Job is never told why he is suffering or why he is going through what he is, even by the Lord when he speaks to Job. Ultimately, the book of Job and the New Old Testament wisdom books simply call readers to submit to the Lord humbly. Job is not finally given an answer, even to the problem of evil, nor is his question of why everything is happening to him is ultimately answered. What is answered is that God himself has purposes for his children who are experiencing suffering. Suffering exists because we live in a post-Genesis 3 world, where the creation is cursed and people are sinners by nature and choice, and we need the Lord who alone can save. You see, the book of Job calls Christians to trust the Lord humbly. Whether during pain, suffering, or agony, the Lord will sustain his people through it all for his purposes and glory. Job was humbled by the Lord when he revealed himself to Job. Job 42, 5-6 tells us, Like Moses and Isaiah, it was God's visible glory that humbled Job. Job 42, 5-6 tells us. So Job received a reply not to his question, what, what is, Why is this happening to me? But an answer to the who, God himself. And even so, the Lord never told him why he was suffering. Job did receive confirmation that suffering is not always for sin, despite his friend's insistence to the contrary which is evidenced by the restore, restoration of his blessings in Job 42, 12-17. In the story of Job, the Lord reveals his omnipotence in contrast to Job's finite understanding and powerlessness as a created being. Additionally, the Lord's infinite knowledge is contrasted with Job's limited human perspective. While there may be just as many theosities from the word theos, God, and the root dick, meaning just, found within his pages... Job has even more to say about how the problem of evil and suffering are dealt with than the problem itself. And Bible readers can expect Job's example and conclude that justice prevailed in the end because God not only made restitution to Job, but he found himself more abundantly blessed than he had been in his suffering. So you see, Job's affliction served as a discipline at work to transform him into an even more righteous man. In other words, pain in this situation led to a greater good. Even from the well-reasoned explanation of his suffering, it would have been wholly insufficient to Job amid his agony as the concrete problem of evil demands more than an abstract philosophical answer. And for this reason, despite the counsel of his three friends, Job cried out to God himself for a suitable explanation, Job 31.35 says. The book of Job serves more as a critique of theosity than a source of theosity. Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophor uh, defended the justice of God often with very logical arguments and even rational reason. And yet God said to them in the end in Job 42.7, You have not spoken to me what is right, as my servant Job has. The Lord's answer to Job out of the whirlwind is this, Who is it that darkens counsel, he asks, by words without knowledge, Job 38.2 says. As God begins to question Job, he reveals Job's ignorance and the limitations of his understanding. Job 38 verse 4 says, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? 
You see, the entirety of God's answer to Job is designed to emphasize man's utter weakness, his inability to comprehend the the very things of God. Job recognizes that he lacks the wisdom to make sense of his suffering, but he finds comfort in how the Lord's way are far above his understanding. If we use this lens to examine the speeches of Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, it becomes evident why the Lord accuses them of speaking falsely. Job's friends boast of knowledge and understanding, but they don't have any at all, nor do they honestly understand why Job is suffering. And furthermore, they hide behind their arguments as a means of avoiding the actual responsibility of a friend, comforting the one who suffers. The Lord's speech to Job could be used to construct a theosity based on the sovereignty of God. The clay has no right to question his potter, Romans 9, 20-21 says. But it would be imprudent, though, to take this argument and use it to escape the command to weep with those who weep, Romans 12, 15 says. It was the three friends' obsession with theosity that rendered them miserable comforters, according to Job 16, verse 2. You see, there is a tendency to reduce evil and suffering to a purely rational pro- problem especially a problem to which one claims to possess the solution. The main problem with that view is the book of Job criticizes this position precisely. Well, Christians should be cautious about claiming to identify the purposes of God behind specific instances of injustice and suffering. The Bible does reveal insight into how God uses evil and suffering. God may even use evil and suffering to get an unbeliever's attention and ultimately draw the person to himself. You see, evil and suffering can shock people out of their indifference to spiritual things, and sometimes even out of their false sense of control. In this way, problems may be used by God's grace to bring a person to saving faith in Christ. C.S. Lewis in The Problem of Pain puts it so eloquently, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. See, God may use the results of evil and suffering to build the moral and the spiritual character of his people or to express fatherly discipline. Courage is forged only through facing one's fears, just as steel must be refined by fire. For faith to grow, it, it often has to be tested by fire. God expresses more concern for his children than for their comforts. And therefore, God uses evil and suffering to facilitate the believer's moral and spiritual maturity. The Apostle Paul, who endured much evil and suffering, explains the relationship between suffering and character in Romans 5.3 when he says this, But we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. A loving earthly father disciplines his children. Though unpleasant at the time, discipline is crucial to a child's growth as a responsible person. See, God allows evil and suffering to bring about the discipline discipline in the lives of his people. As Hebrews 12.7 says, Endure hardship as discipline, God is treating you as sons. See, the assuring guarantee for the Christian is that God does not allow evil and suffering to come into their lives without producing a greater good. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so facing evil and suffering, they're never pleasant, but every Christian can take heart because Jesus and the apostles taught that we would face suffering. And amid our suffering, we look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. See, Christians are indwelled and empowered for the mission of making disciples who make disciples with the full authority of Jesus. Dear Christian, 
Take heart today, for the Lord our God is with you, and his promises are yes and amen in Christ alone. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.